I saw her sitting in the rain. Hi, we're the Cowsills. I'm Paul. I'm Bob. And I'm Susan Cowsill. And welcome, welcome, one and all, to the Cowsills Podcast, where we have fun, 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 even when we're being serious, every single week with our music, stories, and weekly special guests from all walks of life. All of us can use a break sometimes. Take a breather, right? Right. Right. Well, if that's true for you, then you have arrived at the right place and at the right time. So we want you to sit back, relax, and escape with us into our world of harmony, laughter, and tomfoolery. So let's get to it. Here's today's episode of The Council Podcast. Oh, yeah. Well, everybody, we are back. Now, listen, we're on our, our second part two, where we've had such a long story by a guest. And where we didn't want to interrupt, we want to keep going, but these things get to be an hour and a half. And we know you folks are busy. You're chiming in saying, hey, please, with the hour and a half episodes. And yeah, we could say, well, stop listening at 45 minutes. Go do your thing. But we understand. So yeah, yeah. So what have we done, Bob? Tell them what they've won. Uh You've won part two of Steve Ozeri's episode. Yeah. We can put these little intros so we don't just clip it and dump you back in the next week. Uh, but it right. does give you better to manage your time. and, and uh, Yes, we give you a warning. That. You can make yeah. some pop yeah. or not. You know, do you I have wonder that? if we even mentioned that um, on it, I, I wondered if it, we were on one because we did go, hey, that's got to be a two-parter. It's going to be a two-parter. You right? know, we always know, we can sense that. But now we're going to literally make them a two-parter because like Bob we was are. saying, the length of them, you know, yeah, if you're on a cross-country drive, they're pretty cool. But if you're going from a, a short point A to point B, right. and you're hoping to hear this on your car. Yeah. You know. Like if you're going um, to Walgreens or something. Yeah. Done Even quick. though you can't get them at will. But, um, so then but we, we, we understand. Say, uh, hey, you guys, here's part two of. Well, like the way Paul, I just want to make one point that Paul. Like how made. are we going to do it? This is our first part time. Two's- that, this goes back to Pat Boone. Hey, we need to do a part two. Now, <laughs> yeah. No, I remember. I do. When they get long, we were always sensitive to cut them short. So, oh, geez, God, we're going on here. We better cut this short. But we just want you guys to know we're going to go let the folks go on and on with their story, however long it yes. takes. And we'll part one and two it for you and give it yep. to you in good, manageable clips. Yeah, it's going to yep. be really fun. So, is this you the never first know. time we're doing it? Huh? Is yeah. this the first time we're doing it? Our little new intros, yeah. We're going to edit Yeah, them. we're in one right now. We're in an intro right now, everyone. Just very exciting. And so yeah. it's funny. So now we're going to have to have a third part because there won't be any time for Steve to come on because this is a long intro. <laughs> <laughs> well, we want to have our part of the show still, you know, give him a little taste. True. All right, so that's the issue, folks. <laughs> we might need to get some people on our crew. We now give you <laughs> part two of the great story of Steve Ogeri and let's have him finish it up because this stuff is so good. This is the rest of the story. Bink, bink, bink. So you're you're getting connect. You got to get connected because eventually you're gonna uh, kind of look. I'm gonna get a deal and I'm gonna do this. Right. So um, somebody who needed a song would walk into a room and say, "What do you got for me today?" And Marcia would sit up and you know, and she'd sing. The piano would play, and they she'd sing and belt out a song. She becomes this uh, this popular singer in a popular band called uh, The Flame. Marge gets uh, uh, Aerosmith, mm-hmm. Joe Perry, and Steve Tyler leave, 
brings in Marge to be a singer. Are yeah. you managing at the Gap during these calls? At the time, I'm I'm working for the Gap, and it's approaching ninety like seven or okay. Yeah, check uh, it out. So picture him at correct. the Gap, guys, in the phone. <laughs> They're getting one of those things off the clothes while he's on the phone trying to get the thingy off. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, what I'm doing for the gap is I'm swinging a hammer. I'm a maintenance manager, right? Oh, great. Um, if you get up out of a, a fitting room with a new pair of pants and you walk out and there's a streak of nice wet paint on it, that was me too. I was responsible for that too. <laughs> well, you this cassette was important. All right. So right. So, so Joe Cefalo went ahead and did this for me, this amazing favor a, a, a life saving a, a life changing altering thing that he did for me put it in their hand and the next thing you know it i'm being asked to fly to <laughs> county to san francisco um and to audition so i hadn't sang in a year uh, oh my I, God. for the gap and i have no voice i mean you, oh, you guys know oh if you no. don't sing, if you don't sing for two weeks if you don't sing for a month You've got to go to work. Is for it week. true that part of that audition is actually going to be going into the recording studio? Because, you know, most auditions, you just walk in, the band set up here. There's the mic. Let's see what you got. Yeah, it's all studio. It's all it's all recording. That's incredible. You're auditioning as a recording artist. Unbelievable. Right. So I beg. I beg for two weeks of preparation. Oh. Now, the good news is that, good news and bad news. Good news is that uh, while I worked at that record store, when Journey's uh, Escape album was released, we played it three times a day and we sold a case of records a day. So it was very popular. As, as long as it was selling, we were going to play it. And it was ingrained in my soul, yeah, ingrained in my DNA. And especially because I related to Steve Perry's voice. I related to his soulfulness, his soulful delivery. Everything about it, I just... And, and because... He, because uh, I know I always assume this, but I know that he listened to some of the stuff my dad played for me, like Sam Cooke, and uh, at the at minimum, yeah. these great soul singers. Because my dad had a wide palate, and he listened to this yeah, great, yeah, and he turned me on to that. And then again, AM AM radio in New York City in the sixties turned you on to that too. So anyway. Two weeks preparation, fly across country, um, walk in, and for five days, we recorded five new songs, one a day, and then five of their greatest hits. So you did one audition. new and one spectacular. <laughs> for your, yeah, for your Right. So first day, eh, you know, Rusty. Rusty Nick. Okay, okay. <laughs> Squeaky door, right? Any oil around? <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. And I and I and I remember I can know Neil looking at John and John looking at Neil and they're oh, kind of yeah. thinking, Oh, what do we do here? We got five days of this. <laughs> oh my god, really? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, to, maybe I'm blowing it out of proportion, but you know, you know, the mind, the imagination runs away. You can't that's how you saw it. Yeah. I definitely right. saw that. However, every day progressed, the voice got a little stronger, a little stronger, and gained a little more confidence. By the fifth day, I was I was at it. I was doing what I was supposed to do, and I was getting the job done. I wasn't necessarily on all eight cylinders, but maybe six cylinders. And at that time, everybody's- How, how old are you at the time? 
How so old? I'm, 30, I'm 38 years young. Wow. Late Not bloom. Right? What a yeah. cow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so all councils are. Yeah, right. So um so that was how that went. And the and the interesting thing was, and I felt very good, and I'm the car, the black car is gonna come and drive me to SFO and you know, like for about an hour and a half trip. And and I think the car's waiting. And I had one foot out the, the doorway, you know, across the saddle of the door. I literally one and I turned spun around, I turned around, I said, listen, there's one song we didn't sing. And I really, I love the song and I love the way Steve sang it. Um, I'd love to try Open Arms. And of course, oh, oh yeah, that's a, that's a hell of a, that's a hell of a performance by Steve and an amazing, just amazing song, uh, repertoire, a, a feather in their cap. And so they said, yeah, okay, you know, we'll put it up. They put up the, the multi-track and, and I took a stab at it and Fortunately for me, um, you know, I was t warmed up and I, and it, it came, you nailed know, it. I'm not going to say I nailed it, but I yeah. did a good job. I did it. Because, yeah. but, but the beautiful, but the bottom line was it could have went either way and it certainly could have changed the course of hit my history, you know, and it worked yeah, out. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> again, and then the last thing I said to them, um, was that uh, thank you for the opportunity thank you for the chance of a lifetime if you if this doesn't happen it's fine because one thing you've just uh, you've brought back to me and I'm getting goosebumps uh, you can't see them but I'm it's a beautiful memory because I told them what you've given me back is the desire to go back to sing rather than go back to work at the Gap or work construction or the pizzeria right. or the garbage truck <laughs> or whatever, you know, <laughs> prison. I'm not going to build a prison. I'm going to go yeah. back home and I'm going to be a musician. I'm going to be a musician again because, man, I was kidding myself for the Damn year. It. I was kidding myself. I don't want to be a musician anymore. You know? oh, you're good at yeah. it, though, see? You do that. You're in the limo to SF. Take us in the car ride to the airport. You're done with the audition. You got to do the other song. They're very nice to you. Seem they accommodated you. Oh, absolutely. Five days. How are you feeling on that car ride to the airport? Yeah. What was that? I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. You know, I'm feeling confident. As I said, um, it was it was a great experience just to audition. And I really didn't think again. I wasn't thinking, oh, this is a shoe and it's not going to happen. That's what I want to know. Because yeah. I'm thinking, look, they probably had a couple of cats before me and they'll have a few after me, you know. But as long as I did my best under the circumstances, again, not singing after a year, I did a pretty darn good job. And the, as I said to them, I said, <clears throat> If nothing, I'm going to have a really great story to tell when I go home, especially yeah. to tell my grandchildren. I mean, the, I have to tell my grandkids this, you know. Well, which, which I would like to ask you, just like, look, if you're a fan of a band and now you're in this position and and you connect and you're you're emotionally connected, you're physically connected, yeah. and that multi-track comes on with open arms, are you like in karaoke heaven, like? I mean, like as a kid, a kid who a person like that, that's how I would feel. Like if I was in a, a and you're no good, I had you're no good, the track, and now I'm Linda. I, I just can't imagine what that felt like. Was that a deal or am I over? Uh, 
No, no, it's everything like it was something very alien to me because um, you guys are gone. I never we never did cover songs. I, I we one thing we did early on in life, and I think it was as early as 15 when we put our first bands together or 13 or so. I mean, serious bands is that. um yeah, we played we we played other musics. We played uh, Led Zeppelin, and we play, in the Brooklyn in the area where we grew up. We were playing Led Zeppelin, Deep Purple, Black Sabbath, Kiss, and Queen, and Rush. There you go. Yeah, and so they, this was kind of the the soup. It was yeah. from that all those right. ingredients that we started thinking about writing our own. Sure. Music. And as soon as we started writing our own music, we didn't want to be a cover band anymore. So for a great many years. I wouldn't even go near an, another person's song. I mean, literally. Mm. And so to go back, and here's another interesting thing. Because, because I had similarities to Steve's voice. Yeah. And often compared to him, it was detrimental, probably, certainly up until that point, it was detrimental and it would send people packing mm. in the other direction. So this is the first time that it was being embraced and i had to accept the fact and embrace it myself and say don't you run away this is a, you know the, the highest compliment that you can get embrace it you know own it and enjoy it because now this winds up being your future and it, you know bottom line it's your meal ticket let's face it yeah Oh, it's yeah. a big, you know, I just a quick aside question. At any point during this pursuit of yours, was Steve Perry, I'm just curious, was Steve Perry involved in choosing his successor? Was he still okay with everyone to be a part of the process? And he heard you and he thought, this guy's going to do it. He's me. Let's go. Or was he involved at all? No, 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 he was not. Um, and, and for, you know, I can't, not to say that, well, let's put it this way. At the time, the band was having a divorce. Yes. You know, in okay. Speaking, metaphorically okay. speaking. Sure. So, so they were speaking through lawyers. Well put. And, um, you know, pretty much. Um, so, you know, it's like, it's like that. And I was the guy that I'm, I'm not going to take anyone's side, uh, yeah. you know, no matter what reason anybody had, you know, you know, whether they're throwing darts at each other or not, or um, you know, or whether it's amicable, I wouldn't know. It just happened, and sooner or later they were going to find somebody. So, so part of me was like, how do I do this to yeah. uh, a respected singer that I admire and I respect? Because there's a downside to that too, and there's a down, there's a karma to that too. Totally. Just you know, I I'm I'm looking at all the all the different. Um, yeah. Aspects. Sure, you are. Were Seeing Were that. you aware that you weren't just stepping into an oldies band, that you are going to be making new records and new? Were you aware of that? That's at, at the time. Unique. You know what? That, very unique. That was the that was the um, that was the strategy and the approach. The band wanted to continue to to evolve. Not so much even evolve. They just wanted to stay alive. They wanted to, yeah. to continue to create, uh, especially Neil and John, and, and probably more so Neil, because Neil's like a shark in the water. He's got to keep moving forward. 
every day, all day, you know, and, oh, okay. you yeah, know, yeah. he'll have his guitar on 24 seven. No people like that. Yeah. Okay, how long and, did it know, take to get the call? The other thing was uh, the interesting and the, and the difficult thing, the daunting task was how do you, how do you sell this t- to the audience? How do you sell it to their adoring fans for X amount of years? Now, how many years were they around? Uh, well, let's get into it. I mean, what happened? So you got your first show. The, the first shows are coming. The first of everything. You're going to introduce yourself to Journey World. How to go in the beginning? Yeah, it was. It was. You know, it was rough going at first. Wow. We started fifteen hundred seat, which for me was fantastic. We did all these great vaudeville houses throughout the country, which was an education. The old theaters. Oh, it was gorgeous. It was walking into these, you know, 100, 150 year old magnificent. We do, we do them on Happy yeah. Together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Right. So that was a beautiful part. And we were playing to small audiences. And you can bet the folks that those 150, I'm sorry, 1,500 folks that came to those. And these are like tertiary cities, you know, even secondary cities, not even necessarily the New Yorks and the LAs and the Chicago's. Um, but they came and, you know, it was lukewarm at first, the reception and understandably. And we learned and we adjusted and I learned, you know, psychologically, you got to go out there and just don't, you can't go out. First of all, I'm I'm not a boisterous, uh, I'm not that kind of guy. I go out there and I'm, I'm kind of timid and meek and certainly that first year, I couldn't help but be. I mean, I'm just like I'm like a little mouse. No little mouse. <laughs> I'd be scared to death. I've got four giants on stage with me, and the mouse, little white mouse, walks out. <laughs> so you know, you know, how do you react to that? So you do your best, and you can only do your best. I had a wonderful teacher um, from out of Boston, Mark Baxter, and he wrote a fantastic book. And I took it with me like the Bible the first year, called the Rock and Roll Singers survival manual i think it was survival manual and there was wonderful why he had a lot of great um psychological uh lessons and messages and one line basically said the audience wants you to succeed they want to have a good time they didn't put down whether it was twenty dollars back then fifty dollars they're going to have a good time and they want you to succeed Mm-hmm. So yes. just knowing that, that little bit of, if that's, that's yeah. if there's a grain of truth in that, that I'm going to take that to the bank and I'm going to give that my best because I'm that that's going to work in my favor and and I that helped. Well, that is an absolute truth. Well, so so you were a success. You were a success in journey. Um, you you stepped up and and you made your way. And now you're eight years in, and now. Is it the work, too much work, or your voice? Did you get nodes? What happened to your voice what over those What happens to the years? Journey Singer guys? <laughs> right. Well, I'll tell you what happens. Um, yeah, after eight years of singing, I don't want to say that it was unnatural for me, but I went from, before I joined Journey, I had no, close to no training. Zero to maybe just some basic 
lessons here or there that I picked up a little, but it wasn't until journey that I, I had to go to the professionals to really learn how to sing, to learn about my voice, to learn technique and to be able to, I used to go from weekend to weekend and burn my voice out oh. one show a week. And then I would have all week to, you know, uh, repair it. Right. Well, so I had to sing five shows a week. Yeah. And that, how am I going to do that? I mean, that's different. So, is different, different level. Yeah. Did you have trouble in the beginning with your voice doing five nights? All of a sudden your voice is going, what are you doing? It, you know, it was, it was pretty good at first. I, cool. I, I was doing all right. Uh, the interesting thing is, you know, what just happens, what happens the minute you get a virus or the minute, um, even just yes. allergies, I have, I have awful allergies. The moment you have that. And even right now it's, it's, it's April in New York. I have, I have maple and uh, oak trees outside hanging over my home. I have a cat and a dog sleeping with me. So April is the killer month. This is, I wish I could go away to the desert or something or just be away from everything. I was just telling because it pre-compromises your voice. It right. pre-compromises it. And then I understand so all of a sudden you start trying to sing around whatever's coating your throat and what's coming out of your nose. And then you start straining and you all of a sudden you start uh, developing ha habits to, to which are anti the correct way. It's just the wrong way to sing. And then, uh, yeah. and, then and, and then the moment you realize it, sometimes it's too late. So really what you should do is just, you know, Hey, you need two days off take a week off, cancel shows. But I didn't have the knowledge of this. This is the first time in my big leagues. And I'm, everything is a learning process and a learning lesson. And um, they weren't going to change a key for you, right? You couldn't go, hey, no, can we lower that key? We didn't try that until the very eighth year. And, oh, okay. And even then, it just didn't seem right. <laughs> Die hard. They sound different. You know? Well, you know what? The, uh, the funny thing about, uh, uh, you know, whether it's a tenor or any kind of voice, um, the songs that these are, they live above the break, above the passaggio. Yes. Yeah. And once you're up there, you're cool. Uh, so the minute you change the key and this passaggio stays there, it's almost like the wrong key because now you're right in the uh, line of fire. You're like in the bullseye and all the, all the money notes or where you can't change, where you can't sing. So that would have been the kiss of death. So That's interesting. But anyway, you know, it just got, it, it got Crazy. difficult and difficult. And then up to the point where the very last year, the two years prior, I came down with a very bad pneumonia from a show out oh, with. Forget and, it. And um, it was the, that was the real beginning of the end because I, the medication I took for it was worse than the, the cure was worse than the disease ah, and it, so it, it literally paralyzed me, put me out of commission. And then I, you know, I, you don't know if you guys are aware of candida. I think that's how it's pronounced and all kinds of internal, you know, some things. Bacteria, I, weird. So weird stuff. So, uh, and to this day, I, I, I have issues, but, uh, but I've educated myself and I don't sing five shows a week anymore. I've got okay, two, yeah. maybe three maximum, and um, and I can maintain it. Oh, I did remember what what I wanted to say before. Yeah, when you have to sing 
some established songs from an established band, the way people are expecting you to sing them, you that's what you have to do. If it were your music that you wrote and people, well, uh, you can go out there and you can mess around with the melodies and yeah. you can sure. around make a little bit own. and make it your own. And it's, it's acceptable. You know, uh, it's not, it's not the optimum way you want to portray yourself, but it's a lot easier. Sure. You could get on, you could go under the radar and you could get the job done that way. But when you're expected to hit all those, again, money notes mm. and all the signature Perry beautiful periodisms so, all those yeah. wonderful so so at some point does that kind uh, of like and no disrespect to the gift of the job or the art of the music but does that at some point become like you know a soul zapper after a while where you can't even uh, step out a little bit to express your artistic self yeah well it just it basically just you see the you see the end of the road you, right you literally see the sign that says dead end you know and it was coming, it was going to come either sooner or later if if my uh, my performances or my health didn't improve. And so oh, yeah. as difficult as it was to happen and accept, mm. it was a it was the best thing to happen. And it was a favor unto me. I mean, they they stopped and said, Steve, we can't do this any longer. We we have to. We have to okay. So they did it, you know, so as, as so in part of me, there were tears. Of course. And the other, and the other tears were tears of joy. <laughs> now, because now I'm off the, the, the train that is just on its way, you know, and I just don't have the steam for it. So that's what happened. You know, I had a, an okay. 81, which is, you know, magnificent. I was going to, you know, I was destined to not sing again. And so they gave me the opportunity to go back and fulfill a lifetime dream and a joy that I would have never achieved sure. had they not in, uh, invited me. You know, it's that simple. Yeah. I can see that. That's a beautiful yeah, way yeah. to frame it. And it's exactly what happened, you know. And do you, I have a kind of like a, a, a quirky, silly question, but like, have there been like eight singers? And is there like something that happens? Like, okay, you were there for quite a long time and you were right after Steve, but it's like kind of like the Spinal Tap drum moment. Yeah. Like, why do these guys drop like flies? Well, there were six singers. And okay, six. their sixth singer uh, is just phenomenal. He's Arnel Pineda, who's absolutely tremendous. So there was uh, um, Greg Raleigh, who, who went from, to, from Santana with Neil. Uh, there was, I think, then there was Robert Fleischman, who okay. had a brief uh, time with them. However, he co-wrote Wheel in the Sky, which is one of their big hits. Oh, yeah. Right. Then there was Steve. That's number three. And Steve. He was, Steve, Mr. Perry. Steve. <laughs> Perry. He was, number okay. he was not the original lead singer, Susan. I just found that out. Keep going. So Greg, then Robert, then Steve Perry. Then myself, then in between Arnell and myself was a Jeff Scott Soto, who bridged the two. And he, when I, I guess I was a week into a huge, tremendous um, tour with Def Leppard, when I just couldn't go on, they brought in a friend and, and a tremendous vocalist, Jeff Scott Soto. He wow. finished the tour okay. and he, he remained with them for about a year. And then they found Arnell 
and the strangest uh, way they found him online. YouTube, on YouTube yeah. Neil did. And he's just phenomenal. He's just got it. And that's what the band needs. And he can sustain himself. He's been with them longer than myself. Longer than okay, I was going to say, who's the longest journey guy? Because he kind of wins. Yeah, that's Arnell. And Arnell. I mean, he wins the longest journey guy. Yeah. He doesn't. He gets the medal. He gets the, and he gets the two thumbs he up and the five the stars. Coats. And subscribe now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So after journey, man, your your yeah. productivity, you, you don't stop. That's for sure. I mean, you got... You seem to get into a kind of singles deals, right? Or something was going on. You kept releasing singles for like four years or five well, years. Well, so so after Journey, which is the top of the mountain, of course. Now you're on the now you're on the downside, right? And so of course the ego is bruised beyond, you know, it's bruised. It's it's hurt. And so you know you have people out there that thinking, oh, this guy's washed up, he's toast. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I do, I say, well, this I'm, I'm not because I know I can continue on. And in fact, I just, so I just went right back into writing and, and recording. And I just wanted to make sure that the fan base, the little fan base that I did, mm-hmm. yeah. the beautiful people that did support me and accept me during those years, I, I said, I'm going to give them something to just, uh, just to hold on and say, hey, listen, this guy's still around. And so I made sure I put out at least one to two singles. Uh, and just, you know, no label, just on YouTube as as okay. kids nowadays. And, and that's the amazing thing. Anybody could put out music today. And so I did that. And uh and and then finally the pandemic hit. And I thought to myself, oh my God. You know, we had a great, the best year we had had with the Steve O'Jury band. Um, yeah. uh, real quick, Gerard Zappa, uh, Adam Holland, um, um, Craig Pullman, and now my son on drums, who, which is wonderful. So we've had the, the best year we've had in the last 10, 13, 12 years. Oh, and, that's awesome report. But then we get shut down, right? So yep. oh, what that's do you do? bad. So what do you do? You you pivot, and of course, when the when you think the end of the world is near, nigh, <laughs> uh, you your brain just goes, "Oh my God, you've, there's plenty to write about." If you didn't have anything to write about last week, all of a sudden you have everything to write about life. That's hilarious. Know, the end of life. So, um, and I had a bag. I mean, I had a, I had a bag full of songs that I wanted to see the light of day, and I said, "I don't want these to, you know." The week life in New York City, it was touch, it was touch and go there for a lot, for a lot Gosh. of. Us. So I literally thought, I, you know, I've been fortunate. If if something happened to me, you know, I'd have been cool with it. I hate to admit this, but I said uh-huh. one thing I will not do is my my passionate for my art or what I want to create. I will not that let die. I will record that, and I'm gonna. That's going to be my message in the bottle. I'm going to send yeah. that out. Right. If that's I have bad. to go, I'm going to leave a legacy. So that did. So yeah. that was my idea for for seven ways till Sunday, which is basically seven ways till Sunday. Whatever it takes to get the Please job done. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me show you that one more time. So this Love is. Oh, there thank you. Are. This was that's like cool. Fifteen oh, years in the making. Thank you. It was uh, 
songs from that I wrote with Journey, uh, a couple with one with Neil, one with John, and um, and then especially when the pandemic hit, um, we started uh, recording three three of us, uh, Craig Pullman and Adam Holland, my keyboard and guitarist, and myself started trading files and trading oh. ideas, and we recorded. I think we wrote half the record that way, which is very interesting. Yeah. And I had some songs. <laughs> oh. you, you did the same thing. We recorded together, but mixed separately. I had to bow out. I'm a kinetic human. Well, we were able to get a whole album done right as far as all the physicality of it, right before COVID hit. And then during COVID, it took us those two years to to mix it. We had to do it online with Frank Filippetti, who was in New York. Frank's my man. He he he. He mixed, uh, he recorded tall stories. He's oh, such a wonderful human being. We love yeah. Frank. He did Rhythm of the World for us, him and, and Greg Calvin. He did our most recent it. record. Oh, wow, brand Greg, new. That, uh, yeah. uh, Mastered Disc? Yeah, Calvin mastered it. Greg Calvin mastered it. Yeah. yeah, what Western House? What's that? Where's Greg work out of? New York. They're in New York. Yeah, I'm wondering what house. Was it Master Disc or whatever? Oh, I think it was. Uh, but yeah, I think, Frank did I think, did our mix from his new house in uh, Connecticut. Okay, yeah. that's right. And Greg, I think Greg did mastered my Toll Story record too. That's Frank, awesome. Frank bought my son his first Lego set. Wow, and, you really got to know him. I had a copy of it here, but I can't find it. I'm sorry. And then and then he taught me how to drink espresso, which was not a good thing, because oh. I just went to the yeah. Had, I just went to the doctor, and he said you've got terrible reflux. It's killing your voice. I'm. I just went from four double espressos down to one. So. Oh my gosh! Wow, Frank, you did it, Frank. Espresso. Frank okay. Had a, the espresso pusher. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So let's let's. So you, today you have the Steve Ogeri band, right? You got your own band with your name and everything. You're going out yeah. this summer, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Were you going out with Brett Michaels? No. So so we we've been the Steve O'Jury band for the last 10 plus years. It could be 12, but don't hold it against me. And um, and it's been wonderful. And every year the the business gets better and the words out there. And and so the snowball happens and until the pandemic. And then two years off, did the record. And uh, last year I had a bang up year. And this year um, I get a phone call from superstar Brett Michaels, whom I've worked with on occasion here and there for the la- over the last 10 years. Oh. And Brett and I, fortunate for me, we kind of had a connection and uh, we just like each other. We like, he likes my style. I love his style. And uh, he felt comfortable enough to invite me to his He's got this great thing called a party gras. Yeah. And he's got a <laughs> starship and night ranger. They're going to do the two opening acts. And then during his show, he's going to bring Mark McGrath from um, Sugar Ray. Yeah. Uh-huh. Bring me out. And we're going to probably going to do three songs each, but we're going to work with his band and it's going to be off. You know, it's going to be insane. It's going to be so much fun because Brett, yes is uh, a superstar in so many ways, not just musically, but his fans adore him for his personality. He's just got this shining, warm, glow, glowing personality. And 
I'm not saying uh, he just he just grabbed us too because he feels comfortable with us. And I can tell you, Mark McGrath has that same light. He has that same energy. Look, I can't yeah. wait to hear it because you're kind of lit up talking about well, it. So and he that's gives, pretty they cool. give it to me. So we're going to go up there and, you know, uh, I'll give them the the top three or four Journey songs and Mark will do oh, okay. And then, you know, of course, uh, Brett just, he just 200%. The guy's incredible. Great man. favor and <clears throat> tell Jack from Night Ranger I said hello. Oh, the, Jack's wonderful. So the package tours are happening. And this is your summer. Is it like three months? How many cities? No, are- no. So it's just uh, it's just um, a month of three day weekends. Okay. So, so 12 shows. And then, yeah, that's it. Uh, but for me, that I haven't done a proper tour like that since, you know, 15, over 15 years ago with Journey. So, wow. so it's going to be Hi, exciting. Great. We have to, and you, have to leave, you have to leave your son behind, though, huh? That's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hard. But the good news is that, and bad news that it's only in the <laughs> it's in the, only on the northeast. Okay. Mainly the northeast. Maybe I don't know how far south we go. Yeah, Virginia certainly. I don't know if we get as far down to Florida. I wish we did. Um, yeah. But that's it. You'll and, be all right. Everyone will survive. That's cool. Hey, we yeah, have to yeah. ask you, Ted Nugent. Did you get yeah. to know Greg Smith at all? He's the bass, bass player. player. Of Check it out. Check it out. I've heard so many wonderful things about Greg Smith from okay. all, yeah. from so many walks of life in this business. And I finally <laughs> just met him. I don't know if it was two weekends ago. Wow. Oh, wow. I don't know if I can <laughs> wow. even oh, I do remember where. I do remember where. Um oh, we were on a we were on a cruise. We were on the oh. 70s rock and romance cruise. Okay, all right. Oh, okay. yeah, Flower Power. He, he we right did the Flower was Power, which was right after it. Uh, were you on that one? Were you yeah. So did we, you didn't, did you just, did you feel any of our energy? Because we just, we yes. were on. Yes, yes, yes. There were crossover people ours. who had come from the, come from the 70s cruise. And they yeah. were, they call it a double, what do they call it? Back to backers. That's enormous. By the way, I, we have, we were so paranoid about, about it, about being on a boat in general, uh, never had one, huh? been on a cruise that long. And we had such a blast and the folks were such a blast. Oh it? man, yeah, yeah. We love it too. We love them. And they were so good. Um, maybe it's because they're mature, uh, like myself. Nobody's, you know, nobody's falling over you. Everybody's respectful. Yes. And, yes. I think it's the nature of the people who go on these things. What do you got, Polly? Well, what I got is that as we, sorry, Steve, but as we, to your point, as we get older, our minds do not go into categories anymore. We're not hard rock uh, music fans. We're not, we're not Tom Petty. We're not the journey. We're loving all of it now because our minds aren't putting things in categories. So maybe it goes. Plus it taps into all of our memories. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's almost like. You can't avoid all the music. Going back from when I was a kid listening to AM, then you get categorized all through the middle of your life. Then you get all of a sudden right. you go back and it's yes. kind of a beautiful melting pot and everything lives yeah. together. And if yeah. you're an artist, and if you're an artist, they've got you in this, like, what kind of music do you play? And it's like, uh, you know uh, what? I play right. music. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And Greg Smith is actually going out for 62 dates with us this summer. Wow. Yeah, we're going to spend the summer oh. with Smitty. 
So I met Greg and what a wonderful guy and a great player. Oh, yeah. yes. And he was playing with uh, something called the Gilmore Project, was doing all this Pink Floyd stuff. And he's oh, yeah. just <laughs> he's amazing. You know, singing a great player and a great singer and uh, and yeah. a great person. A great Listen, he kills, he rips Indian Lake. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he's I, I rips Indian Lake <laughs> as musicians and 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 career lifers as we are. Um, this is a guy that has something that is so special because mm -hmm. he's been able to survive and play with so many people um, and, he, and so desired. Because, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Steve, and he's, he's working. That takes me all the way back when you said, and there was one bass player. When you were a kid, right. 10 guitars, oh, right? You know, uh, what, you know what the other clincher is? He could sing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and Greg, you know, we play with a lot of bass. Right? We got the kind of uh, John Montagna. He's kind of smooth. Um, and and we got the Neil Young guy with the thumb. He does that. But Greg's a very fist, he's all like a fist player to us. He's like, boom, yeah, he's boom, he's boom, our he's boom. our 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 hard rock Indian Laker. Yeah, he yeah, hard rocks yeah. us up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ted Nugent. Yeah. Right. He's played with everybody. Oh my God. It, listen, right. You guys, everyone go out and find look, everything we've talked about with Steve, of course, is online. You gotta go read about Steve. And there's so much more to it. I wish we could have five so hours, but it doesn't work I, that way. About the record, about my record, Seven Ways Till Sunday. Um, getting back to that growing up with the a diverse palette and being exposed to different um music coming from different directions and from different peoples and different cultures. So the record seven ways till Sunday, I, I, I purposely tried to make it a diverse record in that it has a different flavor. Each track wants cool. to be a different oh, nice. personality and that could be the kiss of death. But for me, that's the kind of record I want to buy when I grew up. Mm, well, I really loved the Beatles. I loved them. I loved them. I loved them. And I loved them because they brought, each member brought something different to the table, a different voice, literally, uh, literally the different voice and a different right. style. Everybody had their uh -huh. style. And I love that. And um, I wanted to do that as best as I could when I finally got an opportunity to do a solo record. So this is my first solo record. That's a good album. That is awesome. And where and can they so, get it everywhere? Where can we find you? Where we can find Oh, very good question. That, I appreciate that, Bob. Digitally, all you guys, uh, digitally, it's it's the usual iTunes, Amazon, and uh, Pandora, Spotify, oh, all that sort of thing. But I, if you go to my <laughs> website, there's a link and it would take you to my Steve Ogieri official store, which is another new thing to me. Uh, selling merchandise, obviously, but that's uh, and uh, we sell a, a autograph copy too, which I'm always happy to autograph. We have to reinvent as we go along on account of our music is free now, so no worries there. And oh, goodness, steveogieri.com, right? That's your website, that's correct. That's correct. We hey, people, go down the wormhole with Steve, you can just go. This, this has been wonderful. You will be. I was so exhausted for you and for me 
about everything that you've done. I was going, man, this guy, how does he keep it together in his brain? Yeah, reading it was tuckering. I have to tell you, I'm a very... And then he did. I am a non-ambitious dude. I am, oh. I, as I said earlier, from my neighborhood and my family, my dad, yeah. my, we were underachievers, just bottom line. So for me, I've been fortunate and I've had someone be it a be it the creator if there is one i hope there is one or something some energy in this beautiful world of ours yeah. that has just opened doors um sooner or later sometimes yeah. sometimes a second time and even a third time so there's never never give up hope if you're out there and you are, still have a dream we, we right? agree we are yeah, that's right yeah but you, you have to keep going dreamer. you have to continue to dream Yes, That's absolutely. That's the toughest part because it is. If you dream and you are one of them to the end, there's a little, there's a little carnage around you through your life. Yeah, and you take. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yourself. I don't know how to put it, but we all have scars. No, you put it well. Okay. No, you're perfect. You're not kidding, man. You're not kidding. Yeah. So you take anyway. it. Bad. So it's just right. been great to Listen. visit with you. Yes, thank you, Steve, so much. We we share our Paradise Artist family with with Steve, and that's where we, we correct him and saw him and our good our mutual tale. friend Bob Burke and Howie Silverman. Bob Burke, yep, you know the shout game. out, shout yep. out to the shout boys. out to the boys. And, All right, and boys. And, Speaking and, of boys, I'm out of here. Susan, thank you, Mr. Steve. It was awesome. Susan, Susan, Paul, Bob, thank you. It was wonderful to meet you. It Paul, was. Thank you for for this opportunity. I, I love to I love to shoot the. Yeah, shoot the shit. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do too. (laughs) All right. All right, guys. Everyone. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Um, Bye, all. Appreciate it. Bye bye. Okay, everybody. We hope you enjoyed visiting with us today. We definitely had a blast visiting with you. Don't forget, each episode of the The Council's Podcast is available to download on demand. So please subscribe and give us a rating. Thumbs up. You can also follow the Council's on Facebook and at Council.com. Coming soon is our new release, Rhythm of the World. And of course, we will see you in concert. And on the road. Until then, let's stay in touch by tuning in each week for another episode of The Castle Podcast. Podcast.